You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Elisa Gardner, host of Develop Your Character, brought to you by Camp Broadway. We'll be bringing you candid conversations with theater educators, industry experts and insiders, and savvy parents geared toward helping culture-loving kids and aspiring artists become great performers on and off stage at every stage of their lives. Our guest today is Dara Page Bloomfield, a performer and creator of the concert series and website Growing Up Broadway, which aims to connect former and current Broadway kids who all understand, as Dara puts it, what it's like to juggle school, homework, and just being a regular kid with regular kid problems, all while doing eight shows a week on some of the world's biggest stages. No sweat, right? Uh, Dara made her own Broadway debut at the age of 10, playing the little girl in Ragtime, but then decided she wanted to make education her priority. So after high school, she attended New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, earning a BFA in drama. While at Tisch, she also studied at the Lee Strasberg Institute for Theater and Film and Stone Street Studios for film and television. And she spent a semester in Shanghai studying opera, Shakespeare, Chinese history and culture, and basic Mandarin, for good measure, at the Shanghai Theater Academy. In 2017, Dara started growing up Broadway. Though originally an idea for a one-off cabaret show, it has grown into a series of three separate concerts so far at Feinstein's 54 Below. There's Back to Before, former Broadway return to the stage, Now and Then, current and former Broadway kids take the stage, and Switched, current and former Broadway kids trade places. Her performing credits also include principal roles in productions of The Glass Menagerie, This Is Our Youth, and Into the Woods, among other shows. Dara, welcome to develop your character. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you've joked, I think, that your parents have different stories about when and how you first got yeah, into musical theater. Yeah, it's very, everybody has their own story, and I've heard it. My dad thinks it's the um, Little Mermaid. I used to play that on repeat over and over, or any of the Disney animated movies. And my mom will tell you that it was when I saw Peter Pan. She took me when I was two to go see the Broadway production. And apparently I stood up on the uh, seats and started yelling Tink because I love Tinkerbell. Two? How did you get Without realizing. Th this was before they put an age limit. <laughs> <laughs> this was way before they put an age limit. My uh, sister was, how old was she? I was 10. So she was two and a half, two, when I did Ragtime. And she saw me, my, like, 
multiple times. So this is before they were like, little kids can't come into Aww. the theater. Oh, that's great. And uh, you, I think, had something to do with cats for you, yeah, as you remember, so in kindergarten? I'll never forget this. My mom and my aunt took my sister and I to go see cats. And um, at the time, we were doing this really stupid project in school with, what, what, when you be, when, what do you want to be when you grow up? That was, you know, it's a kindergarten class. And um, I remember distinctly deciding between, like, a nurse and an artist, which I guess it wasn't kind of that far off. But um, I saw cats. Grizabella sings memory. I was, I was sold. I was like that. That's what I want to do. And my mom decorated my bag like a cat. And then my kindergarten teacher had to get up in front of every parent and kid and explain that I didn't want to be a cat. I wanted to be in cats. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of it all. You were in fact Grizabella. I don't even remember. I think my mom was just like, just decorated the bag as a generic cat and called it a day. I I don't think we got that intense with it. Right. But you were a cat from cats. You were not just your run of the mill cat. Yeah. So I was basically running around being like, I'm in cat. I want to be a cat in cats. And people were like, I don't understand. But okay, sure. And my fifth birthday party was like, I took my friends to go see cats and like, like none of my friends got it. Uh, None of them got it. I still don't get it, but I loved it. So, Uh, Well, you started auditioning not too long after that, around eight years old. Is that right? So like, so kind of after that, I was just singing. I always sang. It was just something I always did. And then I don't remember which one of my parents was like, maybe she, she actually can sing. And it's not just, you know, little kid singing. And they took me to a voice teacher who encouraged them to let me try auditioning. And my mom and my aunt took me to my first Broadway open call, which was for the Annie 20th anniversary revival. I went, I got called back, made it almost all the way to the end, right before they started cutting people for the Macy's final that happened. And my mom was like, oh, okay. And she had worked entertainment before. And and so like she, she kind of saw it and she's like, all right, let's just see what happens. So then ultimately I just kept auditioning. And at 10, you got ragtime. I w- yes. So I got ragtime when I was nine. I turned 10 when I was in the show. So yeah, I think I'm the youngest kid to ever play that role. I am about 99.9% sure about that. So had you done any theater in school or in smaller Um, My mom had signed me up for acting classes, and I did them every Saturday from the time I was seven till I graduated from high school. So that was like my first introduction. And I did some community theater, but it was mostly like I kind of just jumped right into Broadway. I kind of skipped over that. Yeah, I'll say. What was that like? Um, I loved it. And it's such a... It's such a special community, and it's just a special community to be part of as a kid. And you're not treated like a kid. You're treated as an adult, and you're expected to do adult things. You're expected to come to work. You're expected to be professional. And, yeah, you're, you're a kid, and you like to have fun, but, like, you are treated as an adult. You're an equal. Mm-hmm. And so it's instilled a lot of things that I still carry with me today. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard other people, mothers and kids say that actually, and musical theater in particular uh, instills a sense of working as part of a team that I think is really crucial for, for kids. It really gives them an advantage. Yeah. I mean, I didn't play sports growing up. Um, I just didn't have the time or the want or inclination or talent to play sports. Um, Definitely not a sports kid, 
but it, theater is such a sport-like thing in terms of being on a team. And even when you're, even when you don't get along with your teammates, you still have to work together to put on something. And so to me, that, that might be one of the lasting things was just being able to work with anybody who I'm given and not like can find a way to, to accomplish something rather than like run away and be afraid of that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that sounds like a, a pretty great thing to discover early on. Um, and you made your Broadway debut at an age when most kids are starting to just think about middle school. So you go and you do that. Um, but then rather than just really putting everything into using that as a launching pad for a career in show business right away, you decided to focus on education as well. Is that correct to say? Yeah. So my mom, actually, she worked as an agent's assistant for many years. And she stopped after she had my sisters and I. And um, she saw kind of what happens with a lot of the kids who get pushed too hard with working. And so slowly, my mom kind of started pulling me back. And there was a lot of other things that went into it. It wasn't just my mom jumping in or my parents making that decision for me. It, when you're a kid and your body starts changing, you're no longer, you're too young to play adult roles, but you're too old to play kids. And also at the time, like my husband works in film right now and there's a ton of film and television that shoots in New York. At the time, there was nothing that shot here, which meant we'd have to relocate to LA. I have two younger sisters. It just wasn't going to happen. Hmm. And then on top of that, it, like I find that kids in theater, it ebbs and flows. So like in the past couple of years, there's been a ton of shows with kids in it. But if you look at from Ragtime closed in 2000, if you look at the years of 2000 to like 2008, there really weren't shows with kids in them. So there really weren't opportunities for me to, to work. And that's okay. And I was totally fine with that because I liked school. I liked learning and I liked being quote unquote normal for a little bit. And there are times where I wish I was able to, like if I can go back in time, I wish that I, I use that more as a launching pad. With that said, I went to prom. I studied abroad. I went to college. I did all the things that, you know, one's supposed to do in college. And, and I, I don't regret my experiences at all. And I feel like that makes me a better person. So rather than look at the girls who I used to audition with who are on hit TV series or long running shows and be like, what if? I look at it and say, well, I did all I did things that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. So to me, that that's my trade off. Yeah, you had some pretty intensive study. That must have been it. Must have been a learning experience being in Shanghai. It was awesome. I don't know how we did it because this was like 2009 pre iPhone and like pre Google Map, so it was kind of like good luck. <laughs> oh wow! We did it. We made it back, but barely. <laughs> well, given that that you valued education so much, is that emphasis something you try to impart to the community you're forming through going growing up Broadway? Because even if you're not, say, going to a school, to a private or public school every day, you're being tutored or there are schools that cater to children who perform. So is that something where you try to 
tell kids or show kids this is an important part of yeah, your life I, too? Yeah, of course. And whenever I talk to, especially like the older kids who do my shows who are heading into like their junior year where like they have to start making decisions and, and they like, you know, they talk about the schools they apply to and, or want to apply to. And I tell them my experience with auditioning for them or why I didn't like a particular school over another school. I, I, I always tell them that the, you're not going to get back that time. Like work is always going to be in front. Like there's always work. And I think one of the curses of being a child actor is you always think that um, there's never enough time that you have to be the best early and you have to, I saw when I saw my first Tony award when I was seven years old. And after that I was like, I'm going to win one at 13 and 13 <laughs> came and went, I didn't win. So I was like 18. Yeah. 18 is good. 18 came and went and I didn't win like 21, 21. I'll do it. 21 didn't do it. 25 never happened. Now I'm 30. I'm like, okay, but and for a long time, that really weighed on me that I didn't succeed in my mind by a certain point because that's just what you you kind of build in your head. But I realized that work's always going to be there. Broadway's not going anywhere. But the experiences, they're, they are going someplace. And you can't get that time back. So wow. to just embrace it, like that, that's what I basically tell them to do is don't, don't stress about what's ahead. Just embrace what's coming up. Yeah, well, there are certainly many great actors who have not won Tony Awards or or other awards. Oh for yeah, that it's matter. just yeah. it's it's just like you're around it so much, and you when it's hard to explain, um, especially when you you achieve something that uh, so many people have tr- are still trying to achieve at such a young age. You're like, okay, what's next? Like, what's that next rung on the ladder look like? And so my mind went to a Tony Award. Right. Right. <laughs> And now you're having success in in cabaret. So at what point did you decide? I mean, what personal experiences led to your creating growing up Broadway? Is that something that had been germinating for a while? Kind of. It was just idea that I had in my head. Um, After I graduated from college, I was very fortunate to have a conversation with Lily Tomlin, who is, I love her. I love her work. I discovered um, Search of Science of Intelligent Life in the Universe when I was about 12. And I thought it was the greatest thing I ever read. And then I saw her do a PBS special, and I thought it was the greatest performance I've ever seen. Um, so I was very lucky to talk to her. How and, did you get to meet her? Uh, my aunt works in, like, worked for the Schubert's for a million years. She's going to hate if I say that. But it's true. And uh, she just knows everybody. It's like six degrees of separation. Um, and she was able to put me in contact with Lily, who graciously spoke to me. And one of the things that she told me was create your own work. Don't wait for people to give you stuff. And it took me a long time to figure out what that meant. I understood what it meant, but I didn't understand what it meant for me. And I tried different things and nothing ever seemed right. And finally, I had this idea that was just kind of like milling around my head. And I finally said it out loud. And a friend of mine was like, well, I know somebody who might be able to help you. This is a great idea. And just through friends of friends of friends, finally got to 54, who was like, yeah, let's let's try it. And so it just started from there. It was just an idea and also just a reason to get me up and singing. Well, tell us about growing up Broadway. Describe how you put that first show together and then how it sort of grew into something bigger. 
Sure. So the first show that I put together was called Back to Before, and it, um, former Broadway kids return to the stage. And the premise of it is, is all the kids that I was on Broadway with now are now old enough to play the adult roles of the shows they were in. So it's very strange for me to think that I can play mother, but I mean, I can. So that's where that came from. Um, and it became this amazing community of people that I met. And it was some people that I'd known from auditioning but hadn't spoken to in, you know, maybe 15, 20 years. And then it was some people who I just stalked online and found names of kids and Facebook messaged and found their email somehow. And they got back to me. And it was just a really great community. And then I came up with like, wow, there's a ton of current Broadway kids now what if I pair them together? Let's see how that goes. And that's how Now and Then became a thing. And then I was thinking, huh, wouldn't it be really funny to see all these really cute kids singing like highly inappropriate adult songs? Like I'm still yeah, here. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, I'm waiting for someone to do that. I've, I have suggested it to like five kids and everyone always like turns me down. Um, but, and I was like, okay, so how do I put the former kids in that? And I was like, oh, well, we can just sing the kids songs or as we jokingly call it, roles that we did not get and still are bitter about. Um, <laughs> 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 only half kidding. Um, but it's uh, so that's kind of how those three ideas and I'm still trying to come up with others. And every time I, I think of something and it's just it, it's such a great community. I've made some really amazing friends who I, you know, two years ago would never have thought that that would be a thing. And it's just, it's, it's, it's great. It's really good. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How did you reach out to or connect with the the former child stars? Were any of these women that you knew or women that you kind of found through research? So the first couple of former kids who I reached out to were kids that I did ragtime with. So um, that that's that was my first stop. And then, uh, and we're, a lot of us are friends on Facebook. And then there's some other people who I just remember I, or I was friendly with when I was auditioning. I was still friends with them on Facebook, so I reached out there first. And then it kind of started to snowball out um, once I got on, like, Internet Broadway database. And I literally just racked my head for any show with a kid in it and went through, like, every single replacement in Les Mis and every single replacement in Mary Poppins. And then people started kind of finding me. Like I would post, I posted something about my first show 
And then I get a, a Facebook message from um, a friend completely unrelated to this who's like, hey, I have a friend who was you one of the original Jane Bankses in Mary Poppins. Can I connect you? So that happens a lot. And then other times it's just kind of by chance people will just be like, hey, I heard of your project. I did this. When's your next show? And how can I get involved? I realize I, I said women just now. I'd imagine it's men and boys, too. Yeah, there are. Um, I don't know. They're, they're kind of hard to come by. And I think maybe really? there's, I, truthfully, there were less roles. Like, if I huh. think about most of the shows that had kids in them, especially when I was a kid, they were mostly little girls that were in the show. Like, Annie was a primarily girl show. Sound and Music only had two boy roles. Les Mis only had one boy role, as opposed to there were always three young Cosettes and young Eponines at a time. So, like, there was, it was just less of them. Yeah, yeah, maybe that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and then also, like, a lot of people just don't do this anymore. And so, like, I'll, I'll, you know, I go online, I'll, I'll try to find people and I'll message them and I'll just get, I just don't do it. <laughs> and that, and I totally respect and understand that. And that gets, that answers it right there. Have you connected with any of their parents? Uh, any of the adult parents? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the kids' parents. <laughs> um, a lot of, yeah, I mean, most of the time with the kids, um, I have a friend who is a child guardian and how I kind of got kids for like my first couple of shows was all the kids that she's worked with. And then I would just kind of snoop around on, on social media or online and just see who else and find contact information and then see who was game to do it. And now a lot of the kid, current kids, like their moms will contact me. So that kind of, and I have like a running list of of kids and contact information. And that's just my neurotic way of keeping track of things. No, it sounds like that might be a really interesting way of getting feedback too, because they could probably tell you stories about anxieties their kids have. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. With the current kids, they're so much savvier than we were. Like they really are. And it's a completely different world. Is that because of social media maybe? And Um, I think it's just, it's different. I think... You know, when we were, when I was doing this, we didn't have cell phones. There was no such thing. I mean, I remember getting my first AOL account while I was in the show. And that was like, that was big. So we didn't have that sort of thing where we can keep in touch with each other all the time. Like all of these kids know each other now. Like they're all friends, which is fantastic and awesome. But like they... It, I'm just always like I'll walk in and they'll be like, hey, and I'm like, wait, you guys know each other? And I'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now you guys have phones and can keep in touch with each other while you're at audition. It's not just like you see your friend in an audition once a week type of deal. Yeah, that's great. That's a support system, maybe. A, a... Yeah, it's very different. It's it's a, it's it's a different climate than when I was auditioning. Um, I don't want to say it's less. Com- I'm, I'm not in it, so it's hard to it's hard to tell if it's less competitive or more competitive, but I, I mean, my experience was it was pretty competitive. But yeah. at the same time, there was also like a camaraderie with that because you see the same girls, like for my case, girls all the time. And did it become clear to you pretty quickly when you started performing the concert series that this would also be a great way of connecting with people both? No, actually, that was just an unintended thing that happened I really just started these concerts so I had a place to sing and to to actually 
work without waiting for somebody to give me my shot or give me a chance to sing someplace. And um, and then like the community kind of formed at after or as it was happening. And I realized that like, wow, this is a thing. This is awesome. And also it becomes like all like the former kids, especially if we get together, it becomes kind of like a, a weird like group therapy session. And not to say that being on Broadway as a kid is traumatic because it's not. But there are certain things that many people just don't understand. And there's a very small collection of people who do. So it, it's it's nice to be able to speak the same language. Yeah, as you were saying in, in your description of uh, growing up Broadway, that combination of pressures, you know, trying to be a regular kid and do homework and yeah, it's crazy. deal with all this other stuff. Nobody, I, I remember when I was a kid, the most frustrating thing was nobody would understand that. Like, I, I, why couldn't I go to this birthday party? Well, I couldn't go, can't go to the birthday party because I have work. It's not that I'm avoiding you. It's just I have, I have responsibilities. And that just goes over kids' heads. And I totally understand that. But, you know, when you talk to other former Broadway kids who had to miss some big school event or couldn't do something because they were working or and it's like, yeah, nope, I remember that, too. Went through it. Totally got it. And I the latest relatable story was I was saying to a friend of mine how the last time I wore my ragtime cast jacket was in the seventh grade. I had outgrown all my like winter coats and my mom wouldn't let me go to my school's homecoming without a jacket because it was really cold. And the only jacket that fit me was my ragtime jacket because it was an adult small. And I wore it and my friends just could not like let go of it and just were like teasing me about it. And I don't think they understood. I don't know if it was joking or if it was like half joking, half serious, but it really affected me to the point where I've never worn the jacket again. And oh, wow. My friend was like, me too. Same thing happened. And so there's there's that. It's just like a shared experience that not many people can understand. Yeah. Well, now that you have this basis that you're forming this community, um, are you thinking of doing more along these lines as you move forward in your career? Yeah. I, I'm. It's definitely opened up different avenues that I never thought I would be capable of doing. I always thought I was the type of person who's like, give me something. I can't create my own work, but I guess I could. So that's kind of given me the confidence to try expanding things forward and trying to do other things. And more singing and acting yeah, as well. Exactly. Yes. That's part of the plan. Um, well, by way of wrapping up, um, I want to ask you a bit about what you've learned in the process of putting these shows together and, and forming this, this group of people around them. Um, about yourself, about the business you started working in as a kid? What I learned, the first thing I learned about myself is just that it's hard. It's a really hard question. Um, I've learned that I can do it. That's probably the first thing because I always thought I, I'm a natural organizer. I'm a natural sort of I'm the one who, when my family goes on vacation, keeps the itinerary. When I planned my wedding, I had like, I, I had it down to a science. And so like that's, and that aspect of producing has always been part of my life. Um, but it showed me that, oh, you can take this and put it in a creative avenue and it will work. 
Um, but it's also taught me to talk about my experience. I didn't, I had a lot of close friends who didn't even know I was on Broadway because it was something I did not talk about. I did not want to let that define my adult life. So when I was in like, right after I left the show, I was in fifth grade. So by the end of middle school, it was something I did not want to be known as the girl who was on Broadway anymore. I did not want to be known as that kid. So I had stopped talking about it for a long time. And it wasn't until I started doing these shows that I re-entered my, my past and started being really open about it and talking about my experiences and, and not being ashamed of them. And Ashamed? Yeah. It's hard when you do something different when you're a kid. It's very hard because you kids have this weird tendency where they want to be different, but they also want to be blend in at the same time. So I was the kid who loved standing out and loved being the center of attention. And but I also want to fit in, be accepted. And when you're doing something that's so far into so many people, it's hard to be accepted. So just and also it seemed it come, like I got like, you know, oh, look at her. She's bragging. She did this. And, There's and jealousy, too. I'm yeah. Sure. And it's yeah. not something I wanted to 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 throw to. That's not me. I mean, I had a teacher. I remember I was in my high school musical. Like, a, like it was a high school musical. And it was a long day. And I just was not ha I was tired and grumpy. And I had the choreographer of the show just came up to me and she goes, you should be more professional because you were on Broadway. I'm like, I'm also 17. <laughs> and it's also 930 at night and I need to go home and do my homework. So it just got thrown in my face a lot. And so I just never really talked about it because it's every time I did, it kind of was met with eye rolls or or some sort of like weird remarks. So I hit it for a long time. And then as I started doing these shows and people are it's been so much more welcoming of that experience. And especially when I say it was in the original Broadway production of Ragtime, I get, oh my God, tell me everything. <laughs> I need to know the entire, like, did this and that and that. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, how do you know all of this? But awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. Well, given all that, you know, the good and the bad, um, what advice would you give or, or do you give when you're asked to a kid who says to you, well, you know, I'm thinking about auditioning. You know, I'm, I'm just getting started. Do you have any tips for me? What would you tell me? Don't let this take over your life. Don't let auditioning and musical theater and Broadway be the end-all be-all of everything. It, it doesn't make you an interesting person. It doesn't help. And finds, I don't want to say find other things. I mean, look, I am a Broadway girl through and through. I can watch a TV show and the second that they throw out a Broadway reference, I'll name the show and the composer. I am very good at that Jeopardy category. But I've also not, I've let it be a part of me, not consume me. And that's what I try to tell the kids. Don't let it consume your life. Don't let it be your defining feature. Let it be a part of you, but also be interesting. Learn other things. Learn about other things. And it will help you be a better actor and a better singer and just a better human being overall. Yeah, certainly having, having a well-rounded life. What, uh, what would you tell parents who have kids that have those aspirations? It's a tricky question because there's a fine line between being Mama Rose 
And then there's a fine line between not pushing your kids hard enough and, but let them guide it. If they're not into it anymore, then they're not into it. And that's okay. It's like kids playing soccer. Sometimes little kids love it and they're great at it. And then other times they're still good. They just don't want to do it anymore. And so just let your kid guide the way and don't try to push them, push them to where you feel like they would be comfortable without pushing them over the line. And also, I appreciate working with parents who are not overbearing. I appreciate the parents who let their kids make decisions, um, who don't email me every 15 minutes to for, for things that I had already said in a previous email, and who let their kids take charge because there's kids, most kids know what they want and know what they need. So just allowing them to to voice their own opinions and concerns and to figure it out because they're the ones who are going to be up on stage. I'm sure directors and choreographers and casting directors appreciate the same thing. So that sounds like solid advice. Um, well, as a final question, uh, the title and the mission of this podcast is Develop Your Character. So I'm, another tough question, I realize, but how would you define character? What does it mean to you? Oh, gosh. Um, so to me, character is always staying true to yourself and not, and that goes even when I'm looking at characters, fictional characters to play in, in a part. Like I look at who is this person? What, why do they do what they do? And that's always fascinated me. And so I, for the longest time, had tried to be everybody else's version of perfect, everybody else's version of what I should be rather than just who I am. And I had, to, so character is just accepting, accepting who you are without trying to please anybody else. Terrific. That's, that's a great definition. Well, thanks again, Dara. Thank you so and much for having me. A pleasure. And thanks to all of you who've tuned into this episode of Develop Your Character. We are always looking for listeners' input. So if you have a question or observation about Dara, something we've discussed with Dara, or anything else theater or character related, you can reach us on social media or visit our website. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can leave a review on iTunes or share with your friends on social media. And for more information about Camp Broadway, Broadway's original destination for theater-loving kids, check out our site at campbroadway.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.